WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. And joining me on the phone right now is Tackle Terry Tuma. And coming live and direct from uh, from Lake Pepin this morning. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for joining me on the program this morning. Boy, sure welcome. Good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning, everyone. And uh, I, I, hopefully we'll have uh, more success uh, on the phone here this morning than maybe uh, uh, you're having on the water. It's uh, it sounded a little rough on the uh, on the lake this morning. Yeah, it really is, Kevin. I was sort of surprised. I went out. Uh, I got the smaller boat out this morning, and I was really surprised uh, that it was uh, going to be this rough out. I know the you know what they forecast it with uh, with the wind conditions, but there's white caps out here. Uh, it's pretty pretty rough. And then, of course, you know, that pushes all the anglers in one spot. You know how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, I do not uh, like that. I don't care about the other anglers, but I don't like to be told where to go fishing. I like to, you know, find my fish and then fish, not just, you know, get into a wind-protected area. But that's what a lot of people are doing, and I can understand why. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that, that you know, it, it's sort of, the, yeah, the situation sort of dictates what happens, uh, unfortunately, and you don't uh, your choices end up getting limited. You know, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. But yeah. Oh yes, it sure is. Yes, but you you just have to grin and bear it, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you know, and, and uh, we were talking a little bit uh, a little bit before uh, we got on the air here too, and, and uh, talking a little bit about uh, a, a number of different things here and. Uh, you're uh, you're running. Uh, you're, you said you were running lead core this morning, and uh, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, what uh, uh, you, what your 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 setup is here this morning. You're running some crankbaits. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that and, and some of the techniques that uh, that you're 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 thinking about this morning here and what you what you're running. Well, yeah, Kevin. Yes, I am. I'm running lead core. I use line counter reels. Uh, with the the longer rods and, and rod holders, because here on Pepin and the river system, you can run two lines. And uh, I, generally speaking, with uh, lead core, I'll use uh, as, as a leader, I'll use monofilament line. Um, you know, I know a lot of folks who use uh, four counts, but I really believe, because lead core doesn't give, doesn't stretch whatsoever, and monofilament does. So the monofilament is going to absorb the shock of the fish. Uh, and then, of course, using uh, the crankbaits which is so important mm-hmm. exactly and and you know the 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 question i have too is and and again we were kind of talking a little bit about this uh, beforehand too is um and, and I, I guess i always think of this phrase when uh, uh when i think of, of fly fishing is sort of matching the hatch if you will and uh you were kind of thinking of this concept in terms of of crankbait selection as well. Expand on that a little bit as well when it comes to, uh, well, sure. to crankbaits. Yes, um, yes, and uh, you're right, Kevin. I do uh, start out with you know what I feel that you know, for instance, the walleye you're going to be biting on, matching the hatch, and I usually start out right like uh, today with uh, the uh, gizzard chat concept, or the uh, there's been a few small. Uh, white bass in here too so those color combinations but the shad color uh, is extremely important but along with that too uh you know if you're not catching fish on that specific match to hatch color we do not want to get hung up on it we've got to change uh if they're not uh, biting or you're not catching on that specific color you must change but i think it's more important or as important is the right size of the crankbait 
the profile of the crankbait, the vibration factor, and trolling speed. Those are the big factors. Uh, they, that crankbait has to get into the strike zone. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, color doesn't make any difference and nothing else does make a difference. So you got a lot of, you know, shall we say, uh, ways to present that bait. You know, one is the trolling speed again, the profile, the vibration, the depth, and so forth, mm-hmm. along with color, of course. Right. And, and, and let, me, let me follow up on that as well. How do you, uh, how do you make that size selection? I mean, I know there are, you know, you, you have so many different choices in terms of, uh, you know, you, you, you walk down the, the lure aisles in, in, in the store there. To, it, you know, you've got so many different choices uh, in, in terms of size. Where do you, you know, out on the water, where do you, how do you, you determine where, you know, what do you, in terms of, of, of a size, where do you make that determination? Well, generally speaking, Kevin, what I'll do is, you know, there again, would sort of match that. But I have a tendency most of the time to start with smaller crankbaits. Uh, like right now, I'm using a number four shad wrap, which is about two and a quarter, two and a half inches. Like it's pretty small. And then I'll, I'll go from there. If I'm in deeper water, Kevin, then I will, uh, in deeper water, what I'll do then is I will uh, go to a, a little bit bigger crankbait just to get it to dive deeper mm-hmm. uh and then with that too uh, what i will do then is uh, you know work and do some experimentation but according to some uh, studies done by fish biologists you know we hear the comment uh, of well big fish big bait and according to these uh, studies that have been done by these biologists that, that big fish eat a lot more smaller food sources than what we realize yeah, so therefore then, uh, generally speaking, I always start out with smaller crankbaits. Even for bass fishing, uh, I'll start with the small. Then I'll keep stepping up in size according to the depth. And uh, also, too, how aggressive they are. If they're really aggressive. Then many times I'll step up in size also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just that, that, that's something I've always been kind of curious about is, is, you know, determining the size sort of originally. I mean, you can experiment a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's you know the the other factors that that you you touched on as well. You know the the vibration, sound, and and um, you know those those sorts of factors. I, I guess are are sort of uh, maybe universal to a lot. You know the 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 crankbaits and uh, you know the those types of lures or whatever. But uh, um, you know the size selection and and obviously the color as well. But uh, um, that's that's always been kind of an interesting. Uh, thought I've had on that that I've never had a chance to ask you about. Well, yeah, well, and the other thing, too, Kevin, is that, you know, so often I think we sort of dismiss color that it's not a big mm-hmm. factor. You know, if the fish are really, really going, then it may not be much of an ingredient, but most of the time we're not mm-hmm. dealing with that. But along with that, too, then, is that what we have to understand here is that color is a factor. I've done years and years of testing uh, when I was a out here fishing again for walleye. I, uh, uh, there were not a lot of fishermen, so I had a lot of uh, time to do some experimentation. It's amazing how these fish hone in on one color. A uh, guide uh, that is a friend of mine uh, further up in the northern Minnesota, we were just visiting the other day, and he was telling me, uh, we started talking about color. And he said, oh, yes, color is a big, big factor in catching fish. But here again, too, we still have to have the other ingredients to be successful, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's 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 all part of the equation. But yeah, and again, it's uh, it's something that I, I think that uh, uh, people tend to to often overlook. And I, I, you know, I think there are other times. There are times really when it 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 uh, 
and, and correct me if I'm wrong, where it, it really is, a, is such an important factor, perhaps when, uh, when water, you know, and, and I don't know what the water conditions are like, what you're seeing up on, on, on Pepin this morning here, but, um, you know, if that water is stained or anything like that, if, if you need some sort of a, a brighter color maybe to, to help those fish kind of key in on that lure a little bit more as well, I don't know if that's a factor in, in, uh, in what, uh, what you need this morning up there to be successful. I don't know if that's something that, that you know, obviously I think that, that plays a role at some point as well. Oh, it really does, yes. Uh, you know, the water temperature is 73 degrees, Kevin. We got wind, and the water is a little bit uh, dirty. Of course, for, uh, from all the excessive wind that we had the other day, that's part of it. And then, two, uh, with the rainfall that uh, took place in the southern part of Minnesota, that's you know, going to raise the river somewhat. However, it's dropping now. But, you know, those are all facts. And you got to reflecting uh, all of our crankbait, too, you know, Generally speaking, in real clear water, you want to use more of a, um, a reflective uh, crankbait. But what we have to also understand is that fish identify food sources via uh, the size, how they're moving in the water, smell, and of course that goes along with the scent factor. But along with that too is that they have to hear it and see it. So there's a lot of ingredients here where we have to adjust just to go out there and start to troll, uh, you know, and you know just. Maybe, you know, fire tiger is always a, a crankbait that every walleye angler usually uses or starts out with. And, you know, that is, you know, and then if we don't catch walleyes on the fire tiger crankbait, we think, well, they're just not biting. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not true. Uh, they can bite, uh, on, you know, depending, again, on what, what their selection is. But it's just amazing how these fish react to a certain color. I've, as I mentioned I've done so many years of testing and working with color, and there's no question to me it's a big, big factor. You know, sometimes I think, too, along with some of the other ingredients, that maybe color should be put more on top than, you know, to the lower to that scale. You know, of course, they have to see it, they have to feel it, they have to hear it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, and and one of the other things that 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 we kind of touched on uh, beforehand too was uh, that 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 you mentioned too that that I find kind of interesting uh, is uh, you were talking about uh, once you once you catch a fish when when it comes to trolling uh, and explain this a little bit more uh, is uh, is is kind of coming back around and and. Trolling back over, and, and, and maybe, and I, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, uh, is going back over that area again once you've caught a fish. Maybe, and again, I'm probably not explaining it correctly, but but talk to me a little bit more about uh, what you were talking about. Sure, um, Kevin, what is, uh, it's actually what I call duplication. Thank you. Uh, Thank and, you. you know, and what, what, what it really means is, uh, is that, and especially walleye, but it applies to all species of fish, I think also bass anglers, where they pick up a fish and they just keep right on trucking. And that's especially true when you're uh, trolling uh, or casting. It doesn't really uh, make any difference, but that if you catch a fish, you've got to work that area. I've seen it time and time again where people catch a fish, especially trolling for walleye, and they just keep right on and going. You've got to turn around and work that area, you know, especially if you're marking a few fish, but you need to work that area, you know. Uh, and, again, I've seen it so many times 
Uh, same thing with casting for bad. I've seen it so many times where if you work an area, there could be a, uh, quite a group of fish or a pot of fish in that specific area. And if we go keep on going right through it, then we're just not going to catch any more fish. To be honest, if you hit another uh, area where there's fish, but we've got to uh, you know, just work that area. And it might be a block. It might be two blocks long. It could be three blocks long. But we, again, need to work that specific location. It's just... Uh, you know, the fish are telling us, hey, I'm here, I'm going to eat, and we just forget about that. And and I think, too, that, that you know, it, it, not all fish are, are, all of those fish are, are going to be active, but I, I think it would be rare that uh, the one fish that you caught is going to be the only active uh, fish in that particular group, you know, depending on how many, you know, fish there are in there. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, I'd, I'd be very surprised that uh, there's only one fish out of X number of, of fish that you might be marking. That would be the only one that, that is going to chase a bait. And, yeah, I mean, you're you're sort of leaving uh, fish in the water, so to speak. Yeah, you really are, Kevin. I think, too, uh, what you need to do is you know, ask yourself, when you caught that fish, how fast were you trolling? Uh, what depth was that lure running? That's why depth uh, line counter reels are so important when you're using left core or long lining. But you've got to you know, take note of exactly how much line you had out, uh, you know, exactly what depth. Then you need to ask yourself, why did that fish bite that specific lure? And then what was it doing right in this spot? Were they feeding? Were they... Uh, you know, were they aggressive, were they not aggressive? Uh, these are all ingredients, and, you know, it's easy to do once you sort of program yourself. Uh, if I catch a fish, I automatically look at the line counter reel, how fast I was throwing, where I was at, what depth, and so forth. And that, again, is that, that process of duplication that we have to really adhere to. Mm-hmm. And and, and you, you mentioned it uh, a, a moment ago, too. Another point that uh, um, is, is also kind of important, too, is, um, is trolling speed. That was another point that I uh, 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 wanted to touch on as well when, uh, when, when you're out on the water. Yeah, well, yes, and that's where I, I really use uh, and watch uh, the electronics, the hummingbird. Uh, that's what I been, uh, have been running or do run. And I watch the trolling speed, Kevin. As soon as I pick up a fish, you know, if it's slow or if it's a little bit faster, I adhere to that specific trolling speed. Again, it's, you know, uh, part of the trolling speed is getting that lure into the exact right location where the stri- uh, that strike zone where these fish are at. But trolling speed, again, is another, uh, you know, duplication factor catching fish. And, you know, if, you're, if you caught a fish or two fish at a certain speed, a certain depth, uh, in a certain area, you should be able to pick up a few more fish in that specific location. Uh, it's so important for us to really watch and just too often we sort of ignore, uh, you know, where we're at. You know, and here again, too, it doesn't mean just for using let go for a while. It's going to really apply to every species of fish. We should always ask ourselves, why did I catch that fish? What did I do to catch that fish? And why are they here? Mm-hmm. It, it's so much more than just simply... Oh, I was using, you know, this particular crankbait or this particular, you know, lure. You know, it might not, you know, it might be a swim jig or something. You know, uh, this particular, right. you know, you know, X lure or something like that. You know, there's other factors in there that I guess you would go, you know, that would factor into that duplication process, like you you've been talking about. 
Oh, sure. And the other two I should mention, I just spoke to somebody at uh, at the Access, Kevin, here a little bit ago, and I asked what they're going to be fishing for, and the common answer is whatever is going to bite. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is really a tough way to approach a body of water, river or lake. It doesn't really, nor a stream. It really doesn't make any difference. We need to be uh, cognizant of what we're going to be fishing for, what we're going to use, you know, studying the calendar period. Uh, these are all factors in being successful on any body of water. Yeah, and and especially, and it sounds like from what uh, from what you've been saying, it sounds a, a little rough on 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 Pepin today. That if if you're gonna you know head out on on a little tougher conditions, uh, you know you need to be a little more focused on what uh, you know on on uh, on what you're going for uh, rather than than sort of you know like well, hey, I'm just gonna throw something out here and see what bites it. it need to be a little more focused on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish i i think oh no yes oh no question about it you know and then along with that too uh what we have to understand here you know if you're going to pick out a certain species if it's smallmouth largemouth crappies walleye doesn't make any difference is we need to be geared up for that some sort of a plan or what am i going to start with where am i going to go you know just to go out and just uh, you know, fish at random, if you will. Say you're going to go out there and throw crankbaits and hope for whatever bites. Well, maybe we should have, you know, not so much on the, the river system or on Pepin, but on anybody you want it. We should find out, too, you know, what is the population of these fish? Are they big fish? Are they small fish? What is the, you know, how many numbers of fish are in that lake? And then, you know, ac- then uh, just accordingly, uh, personally, again, Kevin, I don't want to keep saying what I do, but what I'll do is just monitor the weather the night before I go out. Uh, the rods are all pre-rigged and ready to go for that specific species that's going to be targeted. And therefore then, you know, you, you just know you sort of got, if you will, sort of a heads up, you know, what's going to, what you're anticipating is going to take place. And if you can do that, I think it's going to be a big plus factor for all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the other thing too is, is like you said, the night before too is, is you know, on a, and, and, you know, on a day like today, too, if if you're targeting, you know, walleye or, you know, bass or something like that, uh, you know, today is a day where, you know, the water is pretty choppy. Uh, you know, maybe I don't want to be in that particular place. Maybe I need to be at a location, you know, downriver or, uh, you know, maybe, you know, even on like the other side of a lake or someplace like that, uh, you know, with a different set of, you know, structural you know, factors or something like that, you know, and that advanced work, you know, can save me a lot of time and a lot of hassle and, and a lot of wasted time, you know, if I spend 20 minutes or a half an hour doing a little work the night before, you know, I've just saved myself an hour or two on the water the next day. I mean, it just, to me, it's sort of, you know, I'm making the investment ahead of time to save time out on the water the following day. I mean, it just seems like common sense to me, but that's... Yeah, it really, yeah, it does, Kevin. It's just so important for us to have these rods and so forth. And so many times, too, uh, you know, a lot of anglers go out with just one or two rods and, you know, whatever species it is, we should have, and most of us have multiple rods, mm-hmm. pre-rig them with, you know, something different on each rod. And then you can, what you're going to try to do is develop some sort of a uh, you know, a, a plan, if you will, uh, that, you know, that 
you're going to adhere to once you're out on the water. If one bait or lure is catching fish, obviously then you're going to, you know, stay with that. But it's so important for us to pick up this rod, bing, 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 if you will, instead of, you know, so many people say, well, I'll just retie. I'm not going to take all those rods. What's the big deal? I'll retie. Well, most time of the time, uh, people will retie once, possibly twice, but by the time they get to that third uh, tying procedure they're going to say to themselves well these fish really aren't biting uh let's hang it up and you know let's just you know chalk it up as you know not the greatest day on the water mm-hmm. and then just forget about uh you know doing some experimenting and it's so uh, easy to describe but many times hard to do it's to pick up one rod one rod one rod and how quickly we can develop some sort of a pattern mm-hmm. well and the other thing too is and, and you you've kind of touched on it too Assuming that they have something that they can extra that they can tie on that's that would suit what you know if if they were going for bass and you know they want to switch to walleye, assuming that they have something that they can catch walleye with, you know that's you know. Yes, that's right. You know, and then you know I've been always a proponent to always have a backup species, Kevin. Mm -hmm. You know, but I really sort of uh, I've talked about a lot in seminars in the past, but I sort of uh, sort of disposed to that concept and the reason being and i'm not going to say we shouldn't do it you know maybe you're fishing wallet you got it but there's a chance that you picked up a crappie or something and you want to switch over there's nothing wrong with that but then on the other hand what happens and again i you see it constantly you know somebody's going out they just say they're uh, going to go for uh, fishing walleyes and all of a sudden the wallet they give it two hours and didn't catch a wallet so they switch to a different species of fish and they don't end up with anything uh that species that they selected so the best again is just to target one species of fish really hone in on that you know pick out four or five spots that you're going to be fishing uh which i personally do especially on the lake that i'm somewhat familiar with i have four or five go-to spots and work those areas not for a long time by no means but you know work those areas thoroughly uh, and then at different depths at different casting angles and then move to the next spot yep exactly exactly yep and um yeah be focused be deliberate and um concentrate on on what you're you're trying to do and and be as successful as you possibly can that's uh, uh a, a great advice <laughs> precisely so well yeah that's well, it is really important for us kevin to uh you know keep an open mind half confident you know there's no sense in tying out a crankbait or a bait or lure that you don't have any confidence in but you're probably not going to catch any fish mm-hmm. uh so you know here what you need to do is uh you know the best time you and i talked about this in the past but the best time to try new baits and new lures and or different ways of catching fish is to when the fish are biting uh, an angler a, a bastard of anger said he said i could never do that you know if the fish are biting on one type of bait or lure i i just need to stay with that well you never know if that new bait or new lure is going to catch any fish you know under those kind of conditions so that is the best time the best time to to do any experimentation with colors or with you know mm-hmm. speeds or retrieves or whatever is when the fish are going Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, that. That can be a lot of fun too, and uh, certainly a great time to uh, uh, increase your your knowledge base and uh, add a little something extra to the uh, 
to your toolbox as well, so to speak. So. Well, yeah, you're right. And, you know, we should always, and somebody was asking me that also the other day. Uh, in fact, maybe I carry it to, uh, to uh, being a little bit too specific, too particular, but I, I too, I think we should all try to learn something every day we're on the water. Yeah. You know, there's, it might be something very, very minute, but it's something we should uh, uh, do. And what I'll do, if it's, if I do it once and I have some success, I'll do it again and do it some, and still have some success. I'll actually make uh, a physical notes of it, Kevin. I'll write it down. Oh, yeah. And just to make sure that I, I don't forget it. And also, you know, at the seminars and stuff, I'll bring that forward. But it's something that uh, I think so often we don't do either. You know, we go out there, well, I caught these fish on this bait or this lure or this location yesterday, and I didn't catch any today. But why didn't I catch it until what did I do differently? And generally speaking, it's something we have done a little bit differently, or the fish have changed. Maybe they've changed uh, the direction they're facing due to a fishing pressure at sun's angle. There's a lot of ingredients here that we don't know what the fish actually are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so many different factors that, that maybe we're not aware of. And, and that's one thing, too, that that, that um, I know some... Uh, uh, sort of old school anglers that that used to uh they would they would anytime they went out fishing they would get done and they would when they got off the water they would come down come back home and write down what they did they would they would journal they had like i don't know they would get like a a school notebook and write down what they did and and what they used what they caught and, and you know as many sort of little factors and little nuggets of information and that they could you know if they ever wanted to they could go back and look at the little uh, the little details the little information and you know try to recreate if they needed that information you know it just old school journaling of of what uh, what they did out on the water on that particular day so if they ever needed that information at some point like yeah this is what i did back then and had success or didn't have success and um you know if they ever needed to you know recreate that they had something they had re- a resource that they could go to so yeah oh yes you're yeah you're exactly right and it's you know and one way too is if you write it down uh, you have a tendency to remember it mm-hmm. you know a little bit more than just oh you know what did i do or what did i do mm-hmm. and you know even if you write down what you you uh, didn't do or what you did do and wasn't successful just make a, uh, at least a note of that because we've got to keep an open mind. We've got to experiment. We've got to work with different baits, different lures, different locations. It's so important for us. And you know what else is so amazing sometimes is, you know, well, hey, these fish are going, I'm going to try something a little bit different. Or maybe the fish aren't real active and you keep on working with different baits and different lures and you work with, and then you found uh, a bait or lure that really is trying to turn the fish on. And that, again, you're adding to your knowledge. And knowledge is a big factor in, in catching fish. We cannot, I call it die in one spot or one method peak, uh, where we just get hung up on that only way of catching fish. Same thing, you know, we can go to uh, a bait shop, which there's nothing wrong with Most bait shops are going to tell you what they, uh, what's been catching fish, where they're catching them on, maybe what body of water they're catching them on. And then we go out there and we don't catch any fish. Is it the bait shop? Is it uh, uh, a fact that they didn't tell you the right uh, knowledge, uh, truth or whatever? But it is not. Fishing changes from hour to hour, day to day. Mm-hmm. So what 
was happening yesterday is probably not going to happen today. Exactly, exactly. Well, Terry, I've got to uh, wrap things up here. I, uh, as always, uh, I, I always appreciate uh, uh, you, you sharing uh, uh, your knowledge with uh, with me and with the listeners here this morning. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's always been a pleasure to uh, uh, chat with you uh, again, as always. So uh, thank you very much for. We're spending some even on the uh, on the water here this morning, uh, uh, taking time away from uh, uh, from your fishing here on uh, on Lake Pepin. So uh, uh, again, I I'm I'm very appreciative uh, that you uh, you took some time to chat with me this morning here. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate the opportunity not only to visit with you, but to all of our listeners. And happy Father's Day, everybody! Yes, by the yes, way, yes, happy Father's Day. And and uh, I, again, uh, thank you so much for uh, for talking with me this morning. Thanks, Kevin. Yep, and we'll uh, take a break here. Be back in just a couple of moments with more of WKTY Outdoors. Stick around. Back in just a few moments on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM.